insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. drink of choice tonight well you know i i'm not promoting it but i like some old cold beer i think i'm gonna have one i'm not promoting it now friday at five you hear sam Pittman on this radio station talking about cold beer it must mean friday at five anything make you happier than doing a show on friday and hearing that from sam Pittman? well i mean i love it basically the only shows i do are on friday so i love it <laughs> How are the uh, Arkansas fans up there in the 918 acting? Are they uh, throwing out the old line of, you better be glad you don't play us in 2024? They mouth it off, or are they, uh, they actually being cool for once? Uh, they're, they're, they're being, you know, as we approach the SEC, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's like the, it's like the uh, videos of the little dog that's barking like crazy, and then they open the gate between them and the big dog. The, the little dog... Stops barking quite as crazily uh, once they realize there's nothing protecting them from the big dog. So no, everybody's been been nice and friendly these days. Yeah, because I guess OU's not on the schedule, but uh, Texas is sure on the schedule, and I think they hate Tech. I think Arkansas hates Texas more than uh, any other school. Not that Arkansas hates Texas more than anyone else. Like I think OU hates Texas more than anyone else. But in terms of like, if you were to ask an Arkansas fan, how would they rank their hatred towards other schools? Like that's such a long time rivalry. I, I feel like most Arkansas fans would say Texas won. Couldn't agree more. And the fact that they don't have an in-state rival. I mean, I know we will be playing Arkansas State, um, but they don't have a formidable, um, you know, historical rival really. So Texas is kind of what they got. I mean, obviously Jerry is trying to get that, you know, that Arkansas Texas A&M rivalry kind of manufactured a little bit, but. No, that won't reach what Arkansas feels for Texas. Well, they've been trying for several years to get that rivalry manufactured, and no one's really paying attention all that much. That seems like for as much as we complain about 11 a.m. games, um, and maybe I'm just only remembering a couple of games, that that feels like it's been an 11 a.m. game a decent amount of times recently. Yeah, yeah, it – it, it feels like it. I don't know if it's backed up in data, but at least at least it feels like it. And and as we've continued on these airwaves, Skip Johnson just got another pitcher committed. Seriously? Wow. <laughs> Berkeley Roddy, 6'3", 205, uh, pitcher out of Boswell High School in Texas, 6'3", uh, righty. Uh, so he goes to the high school ranks for this one. But, yeah, we can't – I mean, dude, we can't get uh, – we can't get through a segment or two without Skip Johnson adding another uh, commitment. I mean, this guy is 
I, I hope uh, Skip knows how to use the copy and paste uh, on Twitter when he wants to tweet out the looky here. That's that's kind of what he needs to do by now, right? Instead of just tweeting out looky here several times a day like he's had to do, just copy and paste it. That's all you need to do, Skip. Well, he's on and, a roll. And, and Skip, in case you're tuned in, you know, because it's not like you're busy doing other stuff, but in case you're tuned in, what you could do is kind of just save a bunch of drafts and just, do, you know, one night when you're bored or whatever, you're watching some TV, or maybe you're out fishing. I know you're a big fishing guy. So you're out on the boat. you got the line uh, dropped in the water. Go ahead and just save a ton of drafts in your tweets that just say, looky here. So whenever <laughs> you do that, you can just hold down the tweet button, go to go to drafts, and then fire them off. Uh, we talked about it last hour, but OU football does have two non-conference openings on the 2024 schedule, and we told you that you get to schedule one of them. Who are you scheduling, and where is the game being played? We asked you on the text line, and we asked you at KREF Sports on Twitter. I'm going to roll through uh, some of our Twitter responses here. Uh, here. Here's one that says, at Army and USC at home. Both of those would be uh, at Army, a road trip, and then... USC, your most hyped home game in 23, 24 years, I guess. Yes, please. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested, you know, if we got follow-up questions to all of these, right? Like, would, you know, the 2024 schedule is what we're talking about. So, if Lincoln left and was actually coaching in the NFL in 2024, would USC still be your pick? No, Muleshoe wouldn't be there, and Carl's Jr. wouldn't be there as well. Um, however, if Alex Grinch was still there, I think that would be enough for a yes, and still a lot of hate well, amongst the fan base. Well, not only hate, but you know the offense is going to have a good day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. very, very good point. Chris Godfrey says Houston at Reliance Stadium. I don't know, Chris. Already did that one once. Didn't didn't turn out all that well. <laughs> Wasn't all that fun. Didn't yeah. have a good time on that road trip. Gotta say. Carter says uh, Langston at Taft Memorial Stadium. Uh, there you go. Chris says okay. Clemson at home. Scott says definitely the pukes or pokes. There, there's been a lot of Oklahoma State on here. So if you're one of those that says, oh, let's just put Oklahoma State on the schedule in 2024, that's not going to happen. Um, Oklahoma it, State doesn't gonna have happen. room in 2024. Yeah, it's not going to happen, but and, Tyler, it does show that there's an appetite for it. Yeah, at least some. Like what, what I'm looking at here, I, I don't think it's like every other response, but there's a there's a decent amount of responses that, that have that. Then we have some unique responses. Like we, we get a whole lot of USC, a whole lot of Oklahoma State, a whole lot of Nebraska. Some Virginia Tech is on here, um, but we've got some random ones like uh, uh, Washington and Seattle. Now I know OU Washington. made that road trip in 2008, and a lot of people thought it was picturesque. It was beautiful. Uh, Washington's got it going right now. That might be a pretty tough road game, but I'd be down to see Husky Stadium someday. I, I've uh, never been up there before. That was actually on my kind of short list that I was thinking about earlier. So, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind going up to Washington. Um, obviously a far trip, but it would be a lot of fun, man. You get to see a part of the country that you don't see very often. At Tulane in Tartleton State at home, says Bruce. You talk about some humidity. Let's go play a football game in New Orleans in, the early, in uh, early September. Oh, my gosh. Hey, we tried. Home versus UConn, home versus Wyoming, says this, uh, this, this tweeter. Uh, weekend barbecue guru, North Texas in Norman and Oklahoma State in Stillwater. 
James says at Cal, Penn State at home. So everyone's kind of all over the place. Ken says East Popcorn State in Norman, which if you know, you know on the East Popcorn Mm -hmm. State joke there. Some people want the most brutal schedule ever to match up with the toughest schedule that OU's had in a while in 2024. Others have the opinion of, what are we doing, guys? Let's just schedule two cupcakes. Let's have four cupcakes in the non-conference because the SEC schedule is difficult enough already. What are we doing here? But I, th- but I think something that you want to look for for early in the year, you know, when, if you consider bringing in a USC or somebody like that, is you can have a pretty big home recruiting weekend early in the year for those guys that actually want to see what a college game day environment looks like at your school before committing. You could, I mean, it doesn't quite have the same feel, Tyler, to be like, hey, you know, come and uh, come and come and see us play Arkansas State because, I mean, that Alabama Texas game non-conference. I mean, Texas hosted a ton of visitors, and that was a big-time successful recruiting weekend for them. So if you can get something early in your schedule at home that's a marquee game and you can get a bunch of recruits there, it can it can help seal the deal on a yeah. lot of these commitments. And, you know, for what it's worth, um, was it before the spring, I think? I think it was before the spring that Brent – and I think the, um, we, we were on air and we played that audio clip – Brent was asked about, like, what do you think the the non-conference, like, mentality is going to be moving forward in the SEC? And he said that, I believe he said he didn't know for sure, but if it were up to him, and his thought would be that they're still going to have a similar approach to the non-conference as they've had here since Joe Castiglione's been here, which is, you know, have a marquee opponent or a name opponent most years, if not every year, in the non-conference. Now, that gets a little bit more difficult in 2024 because most people don't have any open spots. But, you know, Brent did say three, four months ago that he thinks the mentality moving forward will be to still have a marquee opponent on the schedule every single year. We'll see if they can make that happen or not. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be right because, you know, early on when when even a lot of SEC teams were scheduling, like, Duke as their big non-con game and stuff like that, like, OU had had been, you know, at the forefront scheduling games, you know, home and home with Tennessee, home and home with Ohio State, home and home with uh, Nebraska, obviously getting on the books, home and home with Notre Dame. You know, you can Miami, obviously, you can kind of go down the list, but like you what you don't want to do optics-wise is now that the rest of the country, your Texases, your Michigans, your Bamas, your Georgias, you know, a lot of these teams that are scheduling your Florida State and LSUs, your USC and LSU, like now that everybody's kind of trying to schedule like that, the last thing you can do from an optics perspective is sit there and go, eh, you know, we think we're going to, we think we're just going to, you know, dip our toe into the waters of the SEC and kind of get acclimated to it. That, that, that would be kind of a, a, a tough look. Sooner Gundy says, well, that rules out, rules out Oklahoma State if they want a marquee opponent every single year. Rules out those guys. Uh, it does. Brooks says, ooh, let's go play Mac Brown. I think Mac Brown would be down for that. Got to host we Oklahoma br- again. Brick kicked my ass in the early 2000s. Probably going to do it again out here in Chapel Hill. That, that'd be, well, be fun. If we got them on the schedule, we would have to have uh, essentially a uh, Steely's uncle type situation going on, but you would have to be – be on a phoned-in interview <laughs> as Mac Brown for a whole segment. I uh, like that. I think I can do it. Um, I, I said earlier, if I got the opportunity, if uh, in some fake non-existent world, 
where Joe Castiglione called me and said, hey, uh, I need help with the 2024 schedule. I don't know. I'm at a crossroads here. Who do you think? I'd say, well, Joe, let's go ahead and call Boise State up. Um, not sure if they have great service up there. They may not pick up. But let, let's let's call Boise State and get them to come to Norman so we can all, you know, um, you know, maybe it helps us get past that game a little bit, a little bit of a revenge factor. So I, I was looking at revenge factor for Boise State. Uh, if you were to schedule a game around revenge factor, would that be the best game to schedule? Or would, like, um, going to Eugene, Oregon be a better one? Playing uh, – Lincoln Riley, I get like you know what I mean by revenge factor. Like, would Boise State be the best selection there, or is there a better option on the table? I think it would have to be Boise State if you wanted just pure, unadulterated revenge, right? Because when you think Oregon, sure, a ton of people remember that game, remember what happened. They want revenge. They'll never forgive them. Um, but you know, some of our fan base, you know, doesn't quite know it as well. Or now, when they think Oregon, they think. Zadavian Sims, or they think, um, you know, Phil Knight. They think they think something other than that, right? They think the Peyton Bowen flip, you know, last minute. They think something other. USC the same way, right? There's hatred for sure. But, Tyler, when you say Boise State, there's not a single OU fan that thinks about anything other than that game. Not a single thing. Yeah, um, unfortunately. Would a win uh, change that over those guys if you just destroyed them? Better run up the score on that one, Brent, if you get the opportunity. Right. It would just feel good. I mean, I don't know if it would quite even, you know, even the odds, even the score, if you will. But, I mean, go out there, just, again, like the Thanos, take the, take, take the, take the head off for the sins of, their, uh, of the past teams and, and leave it at that. Run the uh, Statue of Liberty against them this time around for a two-point Ooh. conversion when you're already up 52-3. Uh, to three. Propose to a cheerleader immediately, <laughs> even if you don't even know them. Just to t- Jackson totally Arnold, you're gonna have to propose to someone after the game, okay? I just that's just how it is. Sorry, dude. All right, I don't make right. the rules here. It's just what's happened before. You- and and we were talking earlier about you know how Taylor Tatum, uh, you know, we read a text saying that Taylor Tatum, all these you know predictions were coming in and coming in, and it started to be a bit overwhelming, and a lot of just random people at it. Well, Tyler, not but, you know, about 20 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago maybe, um, Richard Schneiderite has put in a prediction for Taylor Tatum hmm. to the Sooners. You know who he covers? Schneiderite? That sounds like an East Coast name. He's got to be like a Rutgers writer or something like that. Oh, that, that what an incredible pull. Yes, Rutgers. Schneider writes, yeah, that sounds like someone who <laughs> writes for Rutgers. A Rutgers uh, insider has now <laughs> entered a future thing. cast, right? One, he probably covers like six schools over there. There's no way that the Rutgers board keeps uh, him busy enough. But that's the thing. It's We have now Rutgers writers that have nothing, absolutely nothing Stat patter. to do with Taylor Tatum. I mean, completely other side of the country. You know, the battle is between Oklahoma and USC for a kid out of Texas. What is a dude in New York? I mean, I'm going to start calling him Russell Westbrook, just stat padding like that. You know, he's trying to beef up his numbers. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I've never even met Taylor Tatum. But everyone else is picking him. Yeah, I'm going to make my numbers look a lot better. Here we go. Firing one off. I mean, all the way out in New Brunswick saying, hey, you know what? Here we go. I feel pretty confident after these sources that I have talked to. 
you know, that, that he's going to go there. He basically scrolled and said, how many, how many crystal balls are in there for him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me just go ahead and toss one in there. But that's the point, right, is when you have all these people that you never even heard of, never talked to, they don't know a thing, and they're putting in crystal balls for you, that, which then cause the aggregation accounts to tag you in their prediction, ugh, ugh. Crazy. I like this. Big Rich in OKC says, I want to play Texas State at home so we can watch all of our old players. LOL. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a lot represented there, Big Rich. Some of you that bought jerseys for the people that uh, transferred out, you could keep those handy. They'd be handy for the Texas State game. Yep, don't throw them out quite yet. Uh, let's see. Mac Brown and NC State at home or away, says Marshall in Woodall, Texas. Uh, seriously, playing cupcakes is like a senior beating up an eighth grader and feeling good about it, says a texture in the 405. Uh, I- I'm just going to read off a ton of these real quick. 704, Great. Clemson after those bowl games. There's a home and home with those guys coming up soon. 918, Utah at Utah. I think you're getting the better trade off seeing a game at Provo versus Salt Lake this year, but that's just me. Uh, that's just me. Camo Sooner, Oregon and Eugene. We owe those tree huggers one in their own house. Here's a Notre Dame. Here's several Hawaii, um, Arizona at home, North Texas and Ardmore, Syracuse at Yankee Stadium, at Hawaii and at Las Vegas. Yeah, we're uh, we're all over the place. Do you have any interest in playing a uh, non-conference game at Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park, a baseball stadium somewhere, or Wrigley for that matter? Um, I don't necessarily, um, but. You know, when it when it comes to seeing former players, it kind of got my mind going. I, I think you would enjoy this one. What if we go? And, and the Hawaii thing made me think about it too, because it's like, okay, where what 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 type of tropical place can we go? What if we go try and beat old Tom Herman again Ooh. in Boca Raton oh. as he coaches the Florida Atlantic Owls? Now you're talking, yeah. I mean, the last thing. Tom Herman wants to see on his schedule is Oklahoma pop up and him go, are you kidding me? I thought I got away from these guys. Coach, you know, a lot of people know that you have a very close relationship with your your, you know, your players, even much so like that you kiss them on the cheek. Sure. So what's the meaning behind that? I think it's weird that people think it's weird. For- ah, Tom Herman, you know. <laughs> We had the question last hour, best, uh, best text day in KREF history. And we gave our responses. I, dude, the best text three years or four years, however long Tom Herman was there, we got so much mileage out of Tom Herman. I, I was legitimately sad when he got fired at UT. Oh, there was so much content that came out of making fun of Tom Herman. It was amazing. <laughs> so, yes, Boca, Norman, I don't care. I'm so down to play FAU in a game. I think that yeah. would be fantastic. Do a nice home and home. I, I, I'll bring the golf clubs. We'll go down and uh, play a little golf at Boca. And I quote, I think it's weird that people think it's weird. <laughs> Thanks, Tom Herman, <laughs> for telling us everything about you. Great. All right, 405. Fun day on the text line. 405. Uh, or just hit us up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We're going to get to more college football coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good and the hottest selection in town good. Plus, it's Ram season, so we're giving you 13500 Coach, you know, a lot of people know that you have a very close relationship with your, your, you know, your players, even much so like that you kiss them on the cheek. Sure. So what's the meaning behind that? 
I think it's weird that people think it's weird, first of all, because I, I tell moms, dads, I tell the, the recruits, I say, hey, when you come to Texas, I'm going to treat you like my own son. Well, newsflash, I kiss my sons. They're 10 years old, three years old. I kiss them all the time, and I, I'm going to kiss them till the day I die. Well, let me just say this. If you didn't come to the show today to hear Tom Herman, old Tom Herman clips, blame it on Travis, okay? Because he mentioned the possibility of playing Tom Herman again. I have an entire catalog of old Tom Herman audio that I used to make fun of him three years ago. Blame it on Travis if that's not the content you're looking for today. It Was it any less weird hearing the entire audio clip versus just four seconds? See, you call it blame, Tyler. I call it credit. Okay. Credit me yeah. with this current entertainment run we've been on with all this Tom Herman content because part of the reason I brought up FAU is because I knew Tyler would love to pick on Tom Herman a little more because I knew he missed it. Really did. You know, and Sark's just so boring, man. Unless he's going psychotic on now a he is. <laughs> worker at the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, now he is. He, didn't, he used he, to be wildly he entertaining. He didn't used to be boring. Ain't much fun since I quit drinking. Isn't that the old uh, is, is the 90s country song, right? Well, well, there's a uh, there's a Friends episode about that where um, I think it was Monica or somebody was dating. Uh, oh, fun Bobby, fun Bobby. Well, it turns out fun Bobby was just drinking a lot. So <laughs> he wasn't actually that fun. So... Yeah, Sark used to be a little more entertaining, but good good that he's uh, kicked that and uh, is apparently recovered. Okay, just one more, and I swear we'll move on. Uh, no, keep Riley, going. Uh, what do you admire about him as a head coach and what he's done two-plus years? And are you guys kind of cut from the same cloth? Well, he's, able to stay, he's been able to stay thin for <laughs> three years. I know I haven't done such a good job of that in three years in my job, um, so I, I definitely admire that about him. Yeah, well, if uh, – if we had a nine-hour show today, I could fill nine hours with uh, Tom Herman audio. Man, have, you know, have Tom Herman day here on the ref. If he ever, if he ever gets hired back, like into the SEC or something like that, um, like we have to do that, right? Like if if somehow he, you know, he rehabs his career down at FAU and he, you know, reels off a couple of a big, you know, eleven-win seasons or something like that, like and a place like. I don't know, whenever Lane Kiffin decides to move on from Ole Miss and finally stop flirting with every That's school. the first school I thought of. I was like, God, that feels so Ole Miss right there, yeah, Tom Herman. I, I could see Tom Herman. And I, I, I just think, you know how it's kind of a good old boys club, you know, in the coaching ranks. Everybody, once you're hired, you're kind of up for all kinds of jobs for the rest of your career. If Tom Herman makes it into the SEC at some point, God, that's going to be a great day on these airways. It's going to be open season is what it oh. is. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I got plenty of tags uh, when he takes the old Miss job coming up in a few years. Uh, okay, so Lindy's preseason college football magazine, they have every single team in college football ranked preseason. Now, I don't know what exactly their accuracy is from year to year, but it's still interesting to look at it from this aspect in terms of what your schedule looks like this year. And here's all 12 teams on OU schedule and here, here where they're ranked preseason by Lindy's. Texas is at 9, okay. TCU is at 16. Oklahoma State's at 41. So Lindy says OU has two top 40 teams on its schedule this year. Oklahoma State at 41, UCF at 55, KU at 57, BYU at 58, Iowa State at 62, Cincinnati at 65, SMU at 70, 
West by God, Virginia at 77, Tulsa at 113, and Arkansas State at 121. So basically, Travis, the bulk of the schedule is teams in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, according to Lindy's. Yeah, and according to Vegas, we play seven of the eight worst teams, according to Big 12 odds, in the conference. I'm, I'm a little surprised, Tyler. Uh, it's kind of funny. Like, West Virginia, even ranked below SMU. First of all, I cannot believe they beat us last year. Second of all, is Neil Brown, does Neil Brown just stay packed? Because there is no way that he makes it another year. I'm I'm still shocked that he made it last year. Uh, I right. think Parker was saying earlier today the the plan for them was to fire him the Sunday after they lost to OU. Well, they didn't lose to OU, and he ended up keeping his job. I'm I'm still surprised about it. Yeah, but yeah, but I, I I don't think that they're going to be a, a very good football team this year. Not too optimistic about the Nears. Well, apparently Noah's uh, Lindy's isn't as either. Right. They've got him ranked behind SMU sure. and just yeah. ahead of Tulsa. Yeah, so that's it's it's interesting, man. I I guess you know we've talked about it enough this off season about the schedule and how it's just not very tough. And if this is any sort of right, man, any sort of right, and, and you know, and I think most OU fans would say Texas at nine, that's way too high, right? TCU at sixteen, eh, we'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see how they replicate. You know, we'll see how they. You know, what year they have after last replace year's Replace that game talent, run. replace right. the offensive coordinator. I mean, they've got a lot to – I mean, they lost the fourth most NFL talent, uh, fourth most NFL draft picks in the entire country. So, as, CCU's got some work to do. As bad as this schedule looks on paper in, like, these preseason rankings, if I were to ask most OU fans, hey, give me one or two teams on here who aren't – you know, they're not really ranked where they should be, they'd probably say the two highest-ranked teams, Texas and TCU. Definitely Texas in the top ten. Couldn't agree more. But, you know, Tyler, it's not our first rodeo, no pun intended, with the Texas Longhorns. We know that the preview magazines, the the betting models, the everything, it's going to overrate Texas because they just – I don't know what metric screws up Texas every year, but it's a metric that these people just don't have a way to measure. Yeah, I mean, people look at it, and I think people in the Big 12 have seen it enough and have said, yeah, I'm, I'm not buying this. But people nationally, for, for whatever reason, I don't know if they don't pay attention enough or what the deal is, but they just can't compute, Travis, of why it doesn't work there. It doesn't make any sense. They've got all this talent. Like, look at everything that they have on paper. Look at the schedule, the conference they're in. How is Texas not better? They, they just don't understand that you know, they're still in the decade of suck. And year in and year out, they've disappointed more years than not. I, I don't know. It's just they, yeah, I mean, they Gabe, can't, they Gabe can't math it. They can't math it to make sense. Gabe Eichard went on the Unnecessary Roughness and, and talked about it uh, and with Jack McGuire and, and Casey Smith. And, and they said, who's got a better chance in the first five years of winning the SEC title or winning an SEC title or even just being better in the first five years in the SEC? And he said – the correct answer, which is Oklahoma. And he's like, you just have to, you know, rely on history, right? OU's won 14 Big 12 championships. Texas won three, and their last one was 09. Like, I mean, it's it's incredible to me. And, Tyler, you, I have made it very clear why I think Texas stinks so often is the boosters run the program. Hudson Card should have been the starter last year, and I think they would have won 10 games. Now he's not there. You've got Quinn, who – you know, 
if he plays like he did against OSU last year, they're not going to even win eight games. Jeez. And they're no Bijan. I mean, they wasted Bijan. The best season they ever had with Bijan was an eight-win season, and that guy was the best running back in college football for a couple years. So you've got that. I mean, Malik Murphy might be the best quarterback right now, but he has no path to playing, right? I mean, because there's no way they don't play Arch if Quinn goes down. The boosters will not allow it. Yeah, I agree. KW the 918 says, another way to look at that is KU will be one of your tougher games. Judging by these rankings, uh, KU would be your fifth toughest, or at least fifth toughest opponent that you play. And as you stated earlier, and I, I think there's a lot of truth to it, <laughs> there's definitely a chance that at Kansas is your toughest road game this season. Which, imagine me, like, we're used to the, the crap Big 12 schedule, you know? But imagine me two years ago, last year maybe, saying, hey, Travis, in 2023, KU is going to be OU's toughest road game. Still wild to think about. I mean, I believe it. Like, I, I legitimately believe it. Yes, to your point, which is insane. It's truly insane. It is a credit to Kansas, no doubt about it. It is a credit to Kansas. But, man, what does that say about the rest of the league? What does that say about the rest of your road games? What does that say about, you know, Cincinnati and Oklahoma State and BYU and places like this? I mean, specifically probably what does it say most about Oklahoma State? I mean, that's the team that you look at and you're like, woof. Like, how how would how is a game against Mike Gundy, the mullet, the man that's 40-plus now? But, I mean, that's inexcusable. Yeah. Who's the big? Are they the biggest wild card in the conference this year, or is it TCU after last year losing so much, Baylor bouncing back from a six-win year? Like who's who's the biggest wild card in the league this year? Man, it's got to be Oklahoma State, isn't it? There's so much unknown. There, I mean, man, so much. Unknown. I mean, uh, it, TCU for me would be the only one that would rival it. I don't think TCU has the floor that OSU has. I think OSU could legitimately walk out there and win five games this year. But, I mean, with TCU, you lose your offensive coordinator. You lose your Heisman, you know, finalist. You lose, you know, a first-round wide receiver. You lose a a ton of NFL talent. Like I said, they had the fourth-most draft picks behind, what, Michigan, Alabama, and Georgia. So it's like, I just I don't know what to expect. But, uh, yeah, I, apparently, thanks to El Nino, Tyler, I know what to expect from Oklahoma this year. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Have you right? seen this? I uh, I have seen this. Yes. Yeah. Well, our uh, our former official K Ref uh, meteorologist, uh, Jaden Knowles, weatherman Jay, says that uh, we're in this uh, El Nino pattern. I thought I'd do some research. The last two times we were in this weather pattern, the Oklahoma Sooners went to the playoffs. Nice. So, Book go it ahead now. and. Uh, I, go I, ahead and book it now. Go to your sports book. Uh, Tyler can direct you there. Yeah. And uh, go ahead and <laughs> – yeah, the K-Rev sports book. Go ahead and drop the money. I mean, I, Weather I, doesn't lie. I, uh, I I bet the over 9.5 last week for OU. I should have been a playoff pick. That's what I should have bet. That's what it sounds like. I bet you well, can I mean, get some tasty odds on OU making no, the playoff right now. Well, man. Absolutely you could. I, here's my thing is if you take the over on 9.5, are there a ton of scenarios that – that have OU as a over nine and a half win team, but not in the playoff conversation. Um. Well, I just because their schedule's so weak. How how will that be looked at by the committee? Now, I, I am one that will always point toward. You know, there's there's some examples of like TCU last year, right? 
They lost right. in the Big 12 championship game and still made it easily. Mm-hmm. So I just tend to think that a program like Oklahoma, if they're a one-loss team, they're going to get in just about every single time, maybe every single time in a four-team playoff. Yeah, and it'll depend because if the defense looks good and you show the committee something that they're not used to seeing out of the Oklahoma logo, because that's the thing, right? A lot of them will be like, well, they'll hold it against us because every time we get in the playoffs, we get blown out. Well, part of it is because we couldn't, you know, we couldn't stop anybody. So if you can get in there and you can show, hey, we've got a balanced team that actually uh, has a shot at competing, yeah, I just don't think that window is very big, right? Like if you're going to bet the over, you might might as well just tick it up all the way to a yeah. uh, playoff berth. Seriously. What is OU ranked in Lindy? Says a texture in the 405. 21 is what they're ranked in Lindy's. And uh, appreciate this, Doug Miles. He sends us a link. Looks like Cooper Alexander, son of uh, former Sooner Stephen Alexander, just committed to Iowa State. So uh, another Norman area tight ends going to Ames, Iowa, um, or, or to the state of Iowa. How about that? Yeah. George I mean, Kittle it's... went to Iowa. He's had an amazing NFL career. And then, of course, uh, Charlie Kolar went to Iowa State and had an amazing career up there. We'll see if Coop can do the same. Good luck to him. Yeah, I mean, the chips are – I mean, the uh, the odds are in his favor based on just that and that alone. I don't know if there's something in the water here in Oklahoma that lets you succeed in Ames, Iowa. But there's a couple – I mean, Iowa State's actually done a pretty good job locally in the state of Oklahoma. Obviously, Xavier Robinson, there are finalists for him. Uh, Cooper Alexander, um, I know Whit Weeks is up there. Uh, he's a tall drink of water that was at some of the camps, uh, some of the high school camps that was showing out a little bit. Um Obviously, you've got some of the other Carl Albert guys. Uh, the Tristan, Trené, and Xavier Robinson, Tyler, all three of those guys at Carl Albert, they all got their OU offer on a FaceTime call with Brent Venables nice. while, they were, while they were in the same vehicle on the way to Ames, Iowa for a visit. Oh, that worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally uh, he FaceTime Xavier Robinson, and he made the offer to all three of them while they were on their way to Ames. I'd have been like, turn that around. Come on back. Y'all are good. Y'all don't need any more offers. You got the good one. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line. More to come next. More college football the other side right here on The Ref. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Attention to detail, ethical strength, and professionalism. We are your community law firm and have consultants to handle all types and sizes of legal issues. Call Warden Glass at 405-360-9700 and put their 100 years of practicing law the right way to work for you. Or visit us online at wardglasslaw.com. Taking you into the weekend, it is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Uh, This weekend should be fun in Omaha. SEC matchup, LSU and Florida. LSU uh, shooting for national title number seven. Interesting stat, Travis. LSU and Florida in the championship series. LSU is six of seven all time in the championship series at the College World Series. That's pretty good. Six of seven. Seems good. Seems good. The one loss to the Florida Gators, who they play this weekend. Mm, How about that? Ooh, that's spicy. Yeah, I think think Florida's only hope is that the – 
the jello shots. We'll finally get to maybe the LSU support staff that might be there. I'm not sure the, the players have been taking any, but surely the, like, 35,000 jello shots, surely one of them crept into uh, the coaching staff or something like that. Maybe, maybe that's their only hope. The internet tried to uh, make me believe today that LSU fans aren't aren't a bunch of heathens, which I'm not believing for a second. Yep. <laughs> There's a video from last night that had the caption of, "Oh my gosh, look at all the look at the LSU fans greeting Wake Forest once they got back from their hotel." Which at first I thought, "Oh, they're just gonna tiger bait them the entire time after they beat them." There was like uh, 12 LSU fans like clapping once Wake Forest got back to the hotel last night. Like, okay, let's not make an indictment on the entire LSU fan base based on 12 fans. I know better than that. I've seen these people in action before. Right, which which it's the same hotel that OU stayed at last year. So I know that bar area quite well. You have to walk through the bar area to get to like the escalators and stairs right there where they go up. So – it's it's not even a situation where it's like, hey, LSU fans, let's go ahead and welcome back Wake Forest. What I guarantee you happen is, you know, they were in the bar drinking and they turn, oh, crap, there's a baseball team. Oh, crap, there are cameras. Somebody clap. Yeah, and 12 of them clapped. But now LSU fans are apparently awesome. They're not I, awesome, I just, they're mean. I just got sent something uh, that I want to get your thoughts on. Okay. Uh, apparently it's from earlier today, but I, got, I just got sent it from um, – Inside the Big Twelve, I think it's probably a parody account, but I think it's uh, I think it's kind of interesting. Anyways, the Big Twelve is considering a feature for streaming games where fans could tip a school for a good play. At the end of the year, the <laughs> fund would be evenly distributed to each school to pass through the roster. Are you guys that broke? <laughs> Big Twelve, uh, look, guys. I I know that you're not getting the 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 revenue from your partners at the SEC and Big Ten, but. You want tips from your fans? Like, they're donating and paying for tickets. That's not enough. If you pick up a third and four, you, you expect now for a, an Oklahoma State fan to give you $10 for picking up a third and four? Here, oh, my here's gosh, my that's question. so sad. That's the saddest Here, thing I've ever heard. Here's my question. Can you take money back? Like, so if there's a squib kick? <laughs> yeah. Like, the squib kick, could we have – or, like, maybe punting to Tyreek Hill again? Like, could we take money back out? Like – like, oh, actually, sorry, you just, uh, <laughs> like those guys that uh, that stack some dollar bills on their table when they sit down at a restaurant and go, hey, this is your tip right now, but every time you screw up, I take a dollar away. Lincoln would have uh, had like 20K donated for the Rose Bowl, and then it's all gone. He's in the negative by the end of the game <laughs> after some of those decisions. <laughs> he checks his uh, That he is weird, his man. That is like, that's really weird. That's, huh. It's, it's t- you know, it's, it's the same as, uh, you know, when when you go into a restaurant these days, uh, if it's like even like a a fast casual situation or something like that, and somebody rings you up and then they say, "Oh, it's just going to ask you a quick question on the screen right there," and it's like ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent, twenty five percent. I'm like, "What did you do? You just you rang me up. What do you? What do? You, why, why am I? What are we doing here?" I think uh, your mark may be saying, "Okay, if these maybe that's the screen that comes up is just oh, did you like that play?" Here, the screen's just going to ask you a question. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll find out the real expectations of uh, of fan bases, you know, depending on how much they donate. Though I'll say this, I, I think it's a sad and uh, pretty pathetic idea. There is one school that I think should do it this year. They'd probably make a ton of money. There's excitement there right now. They haven't been very good in a long time. Dude, if Nebraska could muster just six wins, 
they might raise $4 million on this idea. Are you kidding me? Well, well or they'll say they did and have one donor do it all, just kind of like they do with <laughs> yeah, their sellouts. Seriously. I was the buy one, Nebraska... get one tickets that they had to do two years ago. I was talking to a Nebraska fan earlier because obviously they landed the the duo um, wide receivers, uh, Davion Hall and Isaiah McMorris, uh, out of Bellevue West. And, of course, they already have the Bellevue West quarterback uh, committed in that class, to which I thought, hey, is is Bellevue West's offense good enough to anchor a Big Ten offense to? And, of course, the reply was, well, you know, it's good. We're, we're finally building it with Nebraska kids again. And I thought, well, sure. I, I mean – isn't didn't you guys pulling out of Texas basically cause that problem? Because that quarterback is the thirty third ranked quarterback in the country, three star, and then the wide receivers are fifty sixth and fifty eighth. I mean, if 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 Nebraska is going to be built back, I hope Matt Rule has a plan beyond just supplying it with Bellevue West's fifth year guys. Yeah, that would be that'd be ideal. I think. I love this text from Mike Howard. Five percent of almost every college football fan base is crap. Except for LSU and Miami, and it's fifty-seven <laughs> percent. Well, when, yeah, I love that, Mike. That's so true. Um, but when LSU's playing in New Orleans, it's more like ninety-eight or ninety-nine. Unfortunately. All right, final segment of the day coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. At Lander Chevy Norman, we're feeling good.